please do take a seat. Tim's going to take the uh, push and shove group out with him. Thanks, Will. We'll come back to some songs. We're going to turn to reading in the Bible uh, now. And if you want to follow it, it will be on the screen as well. But if you've brought your Bible with you or it's on your phone or tablet, you want to follow it. It's from Mark's Gospel. In our morning services, we've been uh, going through a series on the hard sayings of Jesus. And uh, we're going to continue that uh, up to about Christmas time. And. Um, And I just felt it was right to to, um, come to this passage this morning. So it's from Mark 14. It's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, he took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for an hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, Jesus went away and prayed the very same thing. When he came back, he found them sleeping again because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting enough? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Let's just pray for a a moment. Father God, we... Thank you for the Bible. We thank you that we can read the stories and the accounts of the life of Jesus. And as we spend these few moments just thinking about this passage, we pray that you would bring light and love and encouragement and challenge to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why might I think that this is a hard saying of Jesus? Some of the hard sayings really challenge us about where we are and our response to the Lord. I suppose I felt about this passage the challenge of, was Jesus afraid of dying? Why does he ask his father to take that cup away from him, if it was his will. What are we to do with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? 
And the more I read it and I read it again and again, the more I felt that I should actually just take off my shoes and thank Jesus because I believe that when we read passages like this, we're treading on holy ground. For Jesus, the hour has come. It's all come to this moment. And Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane eloquently expresses Jesus' full participation in our condition, the human condition, the condition of our broken world. And here Jesus faces the moment of crisis and we see him in his full humanity. We glimpse in his prayer in Gethsemane the depth of the human struggle that Jesus has to undergo. Sometimes we're tempted to think, well, if Jesus was God, and he is, perhaps it shouldn't have been a struggle for him. But Jesus was fully God and fully human. Perhaps we're tempted to think that a more heroic approach would be a better model that the gospel writers could have airbrushed this bit out. Because we know others have faced death without flinching. So we're challenged to think, is there more here in this passage? It is true that Gethsemane And the brutality of what is to come of Jesus' rest, his torture and execution attests to God's love. And the power of God's love that doesn't just kind of wink and trivialize the experience of human suffering in our world. That God actually, he goes through it. He experiences the very depths of human suffering. And enters fully into it. As Jesus clutched the ground and prayed in Gethsemane, asking his Father, for whom all things are possible, he prays, Father, take this cup from me. And not just once. Prays it a second time. And he prays it a third time. And his disciples who have gathered in the garden. And he calls, you know, John and Peter and James to go closer, but they can't stay awake. There's a heaviness about what is happening. Some have asked, how do we know what Jesus said if the disciples were asleep We don't know whether they were coming out, in and out of sleep, whether they overheard what Jesus was saying. We don't know if Mark himself was there because he he says that there was that young man in the garden when Jesus was arrested who fled. Was Jesus really afraid? Afraid to die. Because as you read the Gospels through the last few weeks and months, 
as Jesus sets his face to Jerusalem, he almost speaks, he predicts three times that he is going to be killed. He tells a bewildered group of disciples that he will be handed over to sinful men and he will be arrested, he will be flogged, he will be killed. He even says he will be mocked and spat upon. In fact, he had probably lived the whole of his earthly life in the shadow of the cross. Now the hour has come. And everything within the humanity of Jesus, a man in his early 30s, I guess would resist what is about to happen. Especially the manner in which it would happen. Roman execution by crucifixion was one of the cruelest deaths anyone could experience. Instigated by his own people that he had come to save. Betrayed in the garden by one of his closest friends who had been with him. And crucifixion, horrible enough and terrifying enough, would normally be preceded by a brutal flogging. Who would not recoil at such a prospect? But is there more here? What is the cup that Jesus asks if there is another way to avoid. We know the cup was the symbol of death. We know the cup represented his blood. He mentions that at the Last Supper when he shares that simple meal out of the Passover. He takes bread and wine and he says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when he takes the cup, blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the So when Jesus looks into the the death that he is about to experience, he not only sees the suffering and the pain, but he sees much more. In that cup are the sins of the world. The sins of his generation. The sins of his enemies. The sins of all the ages, past, present, future, are in this cup. All the corrupt, evil, rebelliousness of humanity is in this cup. And even in that cup is your sin and mine. All poured into that cup, and only Jesus can drink it. We cannot fathom the horror of that. That Jesus became sin for us. Only the 
the sinless Savior can go to the cross for the sins of the world. To bear the wrath of God, God's righteous judgment on sin, and to take it upon himself. And in that act of sacrifice, offer to the world, to every single human being, forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. Drinking that cup triggered the agony of forsakenness. You know when Jesus cries out, quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That forsakenness accompanies the birth of a new creation to which you and I are invited to be a part. So in this garden, this cosmic battle comes to a head. In this garden, the battle that was lost in the very first garden, Eden, when paradise was lost and humanity fell, Here in this garden it is regained. And there will be another garden with an open, empty tomb which will speak of the hope of the resurrection to eternal life. And in between stands the cross, the cup. If there is any other way but not my will, but yours be done. As we watch Jesus fall to the ground and pray, we are privileged once again to hear his prayer and fall on our knees once again in worship and the wonder of it all. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that is who we are. Let's pray together. On this day, we set apart time to remember the sacrifices of men and women in wars and conflicts, with gratitude, and how much more would we fall on our knees and with gratitude worship the one the only one who can save this world 
who took the cup and drank it and died for each one of us that we might be free, that we might be forgiven, that we might have the hope of eternal life and the new creation. Jesus, as your people, we worship you. And thank you that we are yours by your grace, by your love. And so fill us again with awe and wonder. And may our lips sing your praise. For you alone are worthy. You alone are holy. You are God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to close with a couple of songs and then uh, there'll be tea and coffee available and uh, we'll make our way, those who want to come down to um, the war memorial in the centre of town. I invite you to stand as we worship together. Amen.